Welcome to the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. As always, I'm Jessica Stewart, and I'll be chatting with some of the world's top creatives. Today, we're honored to have with us renowned photographer Steve McCurry. He's joining us to chat about his illustrious career, which spans more than 40 years, and his upcoming book of previously unseen photographs. Many of you know Steve's work from his iconic 1984 image, Afghan Girl, which then graced the cover of National Geographic magazine, becoming one of its most successful covers. But Steve's work is much more than one image. His unique way of tapping into the human spirit has created an incredible legacy. From Iraq to Pakistan, from New York to Rome, he's traveled the world documenting life along the way. So let's get into it and hear more from Steve himself. Well, we're here with Steve McCurry. It's a huge honor to have you with us on the Top Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm just curious to know how you've been doing over the past few months. Obviously, the world has changed quite a bit. And how have things sort of changed for you now that you've been, um, I'm assuming, sort of stuck to one place? Yeah, all of our lives have changed since uh, February. Uh, I remember going into a crowded restaurant in New York City uh, back at the end of February in early March, completely crowded and um, literally within like a day, uh, the restaurants were closed and, and they're still closed. Many of them are still closed right in my neighborhood. So it's, uh, it's a different world. I've been having traveled really since March and um, I have no plans to travel in the near future. So I've uh, been staying home with my family been able to get into a different kind of routine. I got to say, it's been, in a way, kind of a blessing to have to be still for this time, to be able to uh, slow down, be able to spend time with uh, my family, go through my work, get into more of a routine of... uh, In the past, I was on hotels and it was in planes and Everything right. is kind of uh, all over the place. So being more, having more of a routine for kind of once in my life has been, I, I've enjoyed it. And uh, I've been able to go through my work. I did a book mm-hmm. uh, during the quarantine, which uh, I would never have been able to spend that kind of time and and get into really, uh, get into it in a really deep way. So uh that that was also great uh get some exercise exercise eat better well i suppose that's a silver lining of a situation like this like you said one personally getting to spend more time with family and maybe just slowing down and then creatively it sort of forces you to think about how to be creative in a new way and not the way that you were used to which can be exciting exactly you have to kind of reinvent yourself you have to kind of adjust to the situation and um, life is impermanent and you just have to kind of take it as it comes. Nothing lasts forever. So yeah, do the best we can under the circumstances. Yeah. Well, I just sort of wanted to rewind a bit to the beginning of your career. Um, So, you know, one of the great series that really sort of helped launch your work as a photographer is when you disguised yourself in this Afghani and snuck across the Pakistan border just before the Russian invasion. We're talking in the early 1980s, I suppose. So that's a very risky move. I'm curious, you know, what gave you the courage to do that? And was that something you had in the back of your mind as you were traveling through India? Or did you just sort of decide, I'm going to go for it? 
Well, I was, you know, young. I was sort of at a sense of adventure, uh, curiosity. Um, I, I needed to, I was looking for stories, important places and situations. And, uh, and, and when the Afghanistan, when I heard about this sort of civil war in Afghanistan, and I happened to be right there on the border, and I was given the opportunity, somebody said, you know, we want to take you and show you what's happening in our country. And we want you to, to, to photograph it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of literally like fell on my lap. And I just kind of went along. And I was I, th- I was a bit nervous. I thought maybe this isn't a good idea. I don't know these people. I don't speak their language. It's a war zone. People are, you know, getting killed. But I, I had kind of made this commitment and I uh, to them to promise them that I would, would go. So I uh, kind of against my judgment, I <laughs> went in and it really changed my life because it became this huge international story. And it was such a you know, profound human story of, you know, it's, it's you know, two sides pitted in this life and death struggle and these civilians caught in the middle uh, and uh, fight to the death, literally. I mean, it's kind of still going on now. Uh, so I, um, I, I kind of got hooked on, on this story and I, I met people, I, I made friends, I uh, traveled around and I kind of really got familiar with the kind of the people and and the situation and the political struggle. And I just went on, I went, stayed there, went back like 30 times. And I think that's what really, um, Mm. in a way that, that story, uh, I think set me on a path to, 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 to at that point, you know, get my work recognized and seen and to to get work and to continue to travel. Um, Yeah. It was, it was really like a big break at that time. Well, one thing that I, that's really beautiful about your work right from the beginning, right from that first series, and you just sort of mentioned wanting to expose the, the human toll of of these conflict zones. You know, very often on the news, we hear about these places, and it's very much broken into black and white, good versus bad, and very little attention is paid to the real people who are living there every day, surrounded by this turmoil. And your work has always really focused on that humanity. Um, was that a conscious choice from the start? You know, there are many, there are lots of photojournalists that goes in these sort of places and they don't focus so much on that aspect. So I think it's a really unique quality to your work. I was always interested in the, the human element. I was always interested in uh, how this situation, how this war was affecting, you know, these these villagers. I went to so many villages that, had been destroyed, and then I was there and witnessed destruction, and and people I knew got killed, and and I I, I literally was in the middle of these conflicts, uh, and um, it, it was the the women and children and the you know people who weren't fighting who were the most affected, and uh, I mean you know young men, especially in Afghanistan, they love to fight, they sign up, it's a chance for them to kind of prove their manhood. And all of that, um, whereas their their families and the the, the, the you know the people they uh, in the villages they were just pulverized and and um, and uh, literally driven out sometimes in the middle of the night to, to flee to the safety and uh, live in there were there were millions of these uh, literally millions of refugees living in, in in hundreds of camps up and down the border in Iran and Tajikistan and Pakistan. And it was just, uh, it was dreadful. I mean, people who had had these wonderful lives, 
uh, living in these villages, shepherds, farmers, uh, some of them living in isolation. And then suddenly they're going, they've gone from this living this wonderful, beautiful house with a big garden and, and land and animals and all that, to living in, a, in like a tent. Right. The whole family crammed into a tent. And it's just, you can't even, that, that, in some ways, I guess they were lucky to be alive. But, um, mm. but you just can't imagine, uh, you know, just spending all, the whole day living in a, being in a tent and there's no running water, there's no electricity, there's no, you know, heat. Uh, it's just terrible, you know? Sure. So, so that was to me the, the tragedy and, and the thing which I wanted to spend my time, you know, telling that story. So how do you how do you mentally prepare yourself to go into these spaces? I mean, you've been in places like in Lebanon and Cambodia during the civil wars. You've been covering the Gulf War. I mean, these are very I mean, you've just said very tough places to see and people, you know, and maybe have gotten close to have died. I'm sure you've seen lots of things. How do you mentally prepare yourself to go into these situations? And what is it that keeps going when it does get tough to to be there? Well, I think what keeps you going is you. Uh, there, there's something in your kind of DNA which you want to tell that story. You want to be there to to document those events. Think of the Gulf War and all that that ecological, you know, catastrophe with all those oil wells on fire. There was 600 oil wells spilling oil into the atmosphere um, and into the Gulf. Um, and, you know, that was a, you know, people needed to know what was happening. And uh, I felt like that was sort of my, my mission to, to document it as, as I did with like 9-11. I mean, you kind of feel like that's my sure. job. That's my, you know, to tell these stories. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of bounced around from, you know, you know, Lebanon and Cambodia and then worked in, the, in Kashmir when it was a really dangerous area and then in Sri Lanka with the Tamil Tigers. So um, I kind of, in a way, I've kind of, that, that, that chapter of my life, I think is sort of over at this point. Uh, right. You know, you, you want to do different things in your life and you want to sample and, 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 and experience uh, as much as you can. Uh, and I kind of feel, I felt like, I, I kind of did that, and I, I and I thought I you know told those stories, and and now I want to do something else with, with whatever time I have left in this world. So um, I, I, those stories are still important to me, but um, I kind of feel like I'll let somebody else uh, go there and photograph them and do that work. Yeah. So, what stories are interested are the most interesting to you now, as your you know as your work has progressed and you've moved away from that type of work? Well, I've traveled to places that I've always wanted to go to. I never had the time or the resources. And I wanted to go to places and experience, uh, you know, the Galapagos. It was a dream of mine to go to the Galapagos and spend time there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'd always wanted to go, since I was a kid, I always wanted to go to Antarctica and, um, and the Arctic, for that matter. And, and see it and appreciate it and, and kind of marvel at this kind of wonder, wonderful area. Uh, so I've done that. Um, I've also wanted to go back. I want to go back to places um, 
you know, there's parts of India that I've haven't been to, but wanted to go there and and, and visit them. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to you know do some of that and then continue to look through my archive. You know, I have um, sort of 50 years of work to go through. Right. And, and <laughs> that'll take a while. That'll, yeah, it's, it takes, you know, scan it and archive it and, you know, all that kind of, it takes a lot of work. Uh, a lot of it's been done. Uh, and I, I, there's a few books I want to work on. They're kind of in my mind. I'm trying to pull them together, pull the idea together. So uh, I, I got enough to keep me going. Uh, I, I, I've always um, uh, had an affection for uh, for, for Cuba. Uh, I, I plan to go back there. They, they're having a very difficult time with COVID at the moment. Well, I, you know, I, I might even do some work here in the in the U.S. Um, mm. it, it's funny because I, I I've lived in New York for you know thirty years, and I I, I, I photographed there many times, but. Not not to the same extent or not to the depth that I of my work as as much as sort of uh, India or uh, Tibet or some of these places, but I just for me um, I think you have to go to places that inspire you visually and culturally, and uh, and that's so that's where I've gone. I, I think that you know I don't think you should feel that you have to do this or do that. I think you make up your own whatever you you know want to do with your time and your life. I think that's, I think that's great advice. So I want to chat about your upcoming book. You mentioned you've been working on something during uh, quarantine. You have a book coming out November 24th in search of elsewhere. And this features a hundred of your previously unseen photographs from across your entire career. So how did the concept for this book come about? Well, we started in my studio. We've been, uh, Going through my archive, and this is actually this is all already a few years ago. Going through and doing a kind of a deep dive into all the work, and uh, as I was editing and scanning, um, I was finding a lot of pictures which I had forgotten I had made. Or um, sometimes when you're on assignment uh, or you, you're on a project, you come back and you do a first edit and you go through everything and you select. 10 or 20 or 50 or whatever, and you select it and you work on those and everything. And the rest, you kind of uh, set aside. And sometimes uh, you don't come back to that body of work for, for years. Um, so that was interesting too, because sometimes with the passage of time, uh, pictures take on another uh, feel, uh, maybe uh, with the, the way people look or styles and sometimes um, the, the place changes or something's destroyed or something's rebuilt uh, a church a monastery some old building some old tree which you know had been there for a thousand years is suddenly gone and you had this record of that thing or how people dress I know in, in Tibet when I was there uh, you know 30 years ago people were dressed in a, in a very uh, great flair and great style uh, jewelry, the head jewelry and the hats and everything. Um, and this is just the way they dressed every day. And it, with time, that those traditions have faded or even disappeared. So to go back through that work now and, and look and say, you know, there are people on this planet that actually look like that every day. That's the way they dressed. This was their life. This was their custom. Their, you know, And um, 
so that's exciting. And, and so I, I kind of have been doing that for, you know, I've, I've been going through the work. So uh, we, we pulled together some of those pictures, those historical pictures. And, and there are also some pictures in the book which were made, you know, last year. Right. Yeah, the the photographs stretch from about 1981 up until up until last year. I'm, I'm wondering how difficult it was to make that final selection because, as you mentioned, your archive is so vast that. Uh, yeah, I think you go through and you look at it, you look at the pictures and you go through it again and again. You know, you get some professional, you know, get some friends and people who you value their opinion and their judgment. They look at it um, and you slowly kind of whittle it down to kind of a fine point. And then you look at it again and again and see how pictures work together, uh, the juxtaposition of pictures. And at some point it starts to kind of come together like a poem, which it just sort of has rhythm and balance. And, and then you just finally, at the end, you just say, okay, well, that's 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 it right there. We're gonna just, and of course, on you, you also kind of run out of time. <laughs> so you, you're working and then suddenly it's like, well, we could work on this for we could work on it forever, but we only have you know a few weeks left or a month left. So you have to start making those hard decisions of what stays and what goes. But uh, no, it's it's a great um, exercise to go through the work and um, you know evaluate it and be really tough. Uh, yeah, it, I think it's really important. I think it's one of the yeah. I'm really happy with uh, what we came up with in the book. You know, it's a beautiful selection. One thing that I really love is the way that it's presented where, I mean, it really is just the photo is king. There's no caption. There's nothing to distract. Obviously, to, to see the information about the photos, you go to the back and there's the, there's the full index so you can get the information there. But um, I sort of really appreciated that it just was very minimalist in presenting the image and I feel like, was that a purposeful choice to get people just to sort of look and observe and instead of just being caught in the details of, oh, where was that taken? What year? Okay, great. Yeah, I think we're just trying to keep it just to the image. You can always go back to the, go to the back of the book and, and see where, get a caption year. Uh, so I want to make it very clean. Yeah. So that was kind of the purpose of that. I didn't want to I think the picture has to tell the story. I think the picture has to, you know, you, you, sometimes it's it's actually better not to know exactly what, at least initially, what the picture is of. Or sometimes it's more interesting for it to be a bit ambiguous and you kind of imagine mm. you make up some story about what's happening in the picture. You give the picture some meaning, which perhaps isn't really there, but in, in your own, in your mind, you come up with a, an elaborate story. So sometimes that is more interesting, the actual story. But sometimes there is no, there is no story. That's just a visual, it's a moment. Uh, and you can uh, mm. interpret it, interpret that moment in, in different ways. Well, and the other thing I think is great is because the photographs are from all over the world, you might be looking at a picture of a completely foreign country, but the, the moment you've captured of the kids playing or whatever it may be is still very, um, is still very true to everyone. And I feel like right now, America is very divided. The entire world can seems very divisive, you know, and thinking of um, us versus them or someone who's different. And uh, I've always felt like a strong theme in your work is reminding us that we're not that different from each other. So that's an aspect that I that I definitely appreciated. Yeah, when I travel around, I, I always see the similarities and how 
although people speak different languages and different upbringing, different cultures, uh, but that you know, just right below the surface, we're all like exactly the same. It's 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 amazing, and yeah, to to um, there's so much uh, racism and division, uh, even in uh, the U.S. It's astonishing, uh, you know, just uh, how strong that still is. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but um, th- at least that's my impression that um, we have a long way to go uh, with uh, compassion. I mean, it's it's, a, it's endless. I mean, and it's a it's, it's some people have made up their minds about their view of the world. And so I, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a troubling time. It's going to be fascinating to see how this thing unfolds. Yeah. I think people are basically, I, I've seen so much, uh, you know, so many good people around the world that have um, been helpful to me. And we've had such great times together, Russia, China, uh, all over, you know, Arab world, Africa, uh, and um, so I, I kind of feel I have a different worldview than, and I've kind of I feel like I've seen uh, up close these places. So I, I feel like I, you know, know a little bit about what's going on. Uh, I mean, I, Afghanistan. I've, I I have so many great Afghan friends that are they're peace loving and they're hardworking and they creative. Um, so it, it really breaks my heart when you you know they get lumped in with a bunch of you know, terrorists, which completely not not the case. Yeah. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about travel are just engaging with people who are from different cultures or have different backgrounds or experiences is that once you do that, you realize, you know, a lot of the stuff that you may have thought or stereotypes that are there are, are meaningless. You know, people are individual and singular and you have to take them on a case-by-case basis. Um, right. So hopefully more people will start to do that. (laughs) What do you hope that people take away from this book when they pick it up and are, and are flipping through it? What do you hope that they. Well, I hope they enjoy it. I hope they, I I think there's some wonderful, uh, you know, human moments. I've always been fascinated with human behavior, how we relate to each other, how we relate to, you know, animals and the environment. Um, So I I think that it's, it's a kind of a a poetic piece uh and i th- hopefully people will be touched by uh the humanity and and, and the, the just the the, the 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 what's in our world which you know the, the the amazing things in this world which make it you know make it so wonderful to be alive and to be able to experience visually uh the world that we live in so it, it's um you know and, and um to be able to see the kind of one person's the breadth of the work going back, you know, almost 40 years. So it's, uh, hopefully there's a kind of a continuity of, of um, you know, style and approach. It is interesting when you, when you look, you know, I was flipping through and then was looking at the index at the end and some of the photos that were, you know, 1984, 1981, you look at them and you really wouldn't have thought that they were from, they, they are sort of timeless in a way. They, they surprise me because I guess you think of those pictures, you know, being shot on film as opposed to digital, you know, reading differently or just stylistically differently. But it is surprising um, how timeless a lot of those images really are. Yeah, that's been great. You know, and it, so much has changed in over the years. Things I photographed, you know, back in the 80s, a lot of that stuff's gone. 
some places you can't travel to now. Yemen uh, is a place where it's very difficult to travel to. Uh, parts of Pakistan are inaccessible. Afghanistan is a that's a very risky place to go to. Now, I've been, I was there like uh, three years ago, and you know you're constantly looking over your shoulder. Uh, I walked around the streets of Kabul for about three weeks, and I didn't see one foreigner, not one, uh, walking on the street like the way I was. Uh, I saw a couple of foreigners in their vehicles, jump into a store and you know buy something. But there wasn't one person, one foreigner, uh, because it's a dangerous place and you could get kidnapped uh, you know, held hostage. You could be you know, shot. Uh, you know, it, it happens every day. Uh, and I, I just thought, I, well, I'm going to take that risk. But um, you know, it's, so um, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I guess there's some pictures of Afghanistan in the book. Although I just did a book on Afghanistan a couple of years ago. Great. Well, to wrap up, I just have a few quick questions that I'm curious about. Um, first one, are there any young photographers or photojournalists working now that sort of excite you that you think are, are doing interesting things? There are a lot of, you know, a lot of wonderful photographers from all over the world. I mean, when I first started, th th there weren't so many, say, take India or China or Russia or Africa. Uh, th there weren't, you know, the equipment was expensive. The film was expensive. Uh, they didn't have money. They didn't have you know any training. Um, uh, and, and all the pictures seemed to be taken by the at that time were all taken by the same you know hundred photographers, a few dozen few dozen photographers. But now there are wonderful photographers in India, China, Africa, you know Russia. I mean, there's a lot of wonderful work being produced all over the world. So which is great. There's always been you know great women photographers as well but that's also opened up you know women are photographing uh, all over the world as well so and the, you know with the, with the cell phone and there's more i guess the, the the camera equipment itself has become more attainable and more you know there's serious photographers doing wonderful work on their cell phones and yeah. uh to get a, 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 a you know a decent good digital camera is is really a t you know almost anybody can get a, a decent camera now so i think it's i, I think there's you know a lot of great work I'm, i get very excited seeing their work on instagram or in exhibitions um yeah great and so the technological advances in photography in general obviously the move from film to digital and as you said just digital in general the price is going down it's more accessible to everyone you do you feel like there's anything that has um, that's missing because of that technology or do you feel like it's all been a positive for the most part I think it's I think it's positive I can I mean first of all you can't stop pro progress. I mean, we all had these at one time, everybody was working on a typewriter, everybody, and uh, that's gone. I mean, how, however much you may have loved your Remington typewriter, <laughs> I don't know anybody on the planet that use a, uses a typewriter now. I mean, that's, you know, and, and all we, you know, we love their horses, but nobody takes a horse to work now. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it, 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 you know, times change. And, uh, and, you know, it's, I mean, digital photography wasn't perfect, uh, wasn't really competitive in the beginning with film, but I think as time go has gone on, it's, 
digital is, is, is wonderful. I think there are a lot of advantages of digital photography over, over film now. Um, you know, you can shoot much lower light. You can see your pictures. I don't think you have all that chemistry. I remember being in the dark room literally like all day long mm -hmm. with all those chemicals, the fixer, the developer, the stop bath. I mean, people get your hands in that all day long. It was like, oh, my God, that can't be good for you. Um, <laughs> you know, so um, I, I think it's um, I don't see any downside. I think we, we're all I mean. 40 years ago, if you went out with a group of people to dinner or to a party or whatever, probably nobody would have their camera with them. I mean, maybe nobody, nobody even had a camera. Right. Now, everybody has a phone with a camera and everybody can take pictures like all the time. So I think it's, um, I think it's great. I, I, you know, I, th I think being able to photograph your friends and family and, and your, your life and have you know meet somebody for lunch or whatever i mean it's not art i mean it's not any it's not any more uh, art than it, it text messages but i i think that um it's um photography can be a lot of things not just kind of one thing so right. I, I welcome all that I don't, I don't see a downside thank you so much steve for stopping by to chat with us we really appreciate it it's been fascinating Everyone can go and pick up your book in search of elsewhere as of November 24th. Like I said, just in time for the holidays, which is nice. You can pick it up online in bookstores and they can follow your work at stevemccurry.com and on Facebook at Steve McCurry Studios and Instagram at Steve McCurry Official. And we'll put all those links in for you. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Great. And we can't see, wait to see what you come up with next from the archive. I'm sure you've got a, probably at least 20 more books <laughs> <laughs> ready to go just as long as you search for them. Thank you again to Steve McCurry for taking the time to join us. And thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another in-depth interview with one of today's top creatives. If you want to see a preview of Steve's book in search of elsewhere, check us out on Instagram at Top Artist Podcast, where we'll have a selection of photos. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review. It would be greatly appreciated as it will help more people discover the podcast. Also, don't miss out on the next episodes. Subscribe via Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. See you next time.